Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. He's back. Hey. I have to sometimes catch him like a wild predator at night, searching for him at these perfect moments to encapsulate the, the moment in time where he comes back to the lounge. Welcome to the Bobcast, everybody. That's MK Ultra back in the lounge, pew, aka pew, pew. Mitch DeVick, Vickisbick. Yeah, little Mitch DeVick. AKA the Country Cat with the stickers, aka the yeah. Glyph, aka uh. Michelangelo, aka Mr. Yeah. Out of Pocket. Yo, that's what I'm talking about. I was thinking the other day how you, like, it was like this random moment where you're like, you know, the band Pocket Dial that we were in, Bob, it really just comes down to one song for me, and that's Out of Pocket. Love Out of Pocket. Right? I mean, something about that song, though, is the identity of what we were going for. It has both... It's like a fluid song. It's got a little punk. It's got a little funk. It's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and yeah. it kind of makes you feel both ways. That beat just gets your uh, heart pumping. Speaking of uh, your heart getting pumping here on the Bobcast, mm. it's the holiday season. Loop de Um, I love the holidays now. I used to hate them. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I used to like be like, oh God, it's gonna be another couple hours of you know just torture. But now that mm. I have a son, it's uh you know a whole different perspective, especially Christmas and like hiding the elf and stuff like that. And, you know, thinking about how parents go through all sorts of obstacles to make their parents or, you know, make them just, just, like you go to a store with a three and a half year old, it's not even Christmas yet. And they want everything in there and you have to tell them no, mm. you know, mm. you have to tell them no because you got no money. You have to tell them no because, you know, Christmas is coming. One of these days, dude, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Get whatever you want. Yeah. Get lost in a sea of both products. <laughs> Ollie. Dude, that was the best. When you said that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I saw an actual commercial for Ollie's on so TV. So did I. Early, <laughs> early in the morning, I saw one. And I, thought, I was like, man, Mickey's, Mickey's commercial is so much better. <laughs> but it was the same. Like it was Same you know? same <laughs> style of like harmony, right? Being like... Uh, yeah. That wild, low budget. Uh, <laughs> The Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. Yeah, yeah. Ollie's is great. You really got to go there. Uh, magic. I say it a lot at home. I'm like, j I just out of nowhere, I'll just scream, get lost in a sea of bold product. <laughs> Confusion is all main product. That's a that's a banner that hat hung in their store. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Uh, so, I mean, like, you know, uh, you work in the restaurant industry and mm -hmm. the holidays. Does, does the atmosphere of the restaurant change when the holidays are approaching? Is the, you know... I got one word, poinsettias, those flowers, yeah. man. You got to water them every day. They're just a nuisance. People knock them over. You got to throw them out. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, money is rolling in. Things are happening. Holiday parties are uh, very busy. But yeah, you know, Thanksgiving started off with a, you know, grateful little bang. So here we go. Where did you spend your Thanksgiving at? At work. 
God, man, you were serving turkey bird up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. The food was actually. Really were you dressed great. like a pilgrim or a Native American? <laughs> I actually wore my least favorite outfit because, like, <laughs> I wanted my expectations to just not. When you be say high. like your least favorite outfit, does that mean you look like you were out of like you know uh, the nineteen hundreds or like? No, no, no. It's just like this uh, patterned purple shirt that I. Oh, I, just, I know that shirt. Yeah, I know I that. That's really the shirt. Like it's like just... I'm a sore thumb. Look at me. I can't be contained. <laughs> Yeah, it's got its own little je ne sais quoi, but I don't know. I was just like, you know what? I ain't even going to try hard today. I always go back to this one memory down Java, man, Second Ave, man. I don't want to be there on a Sunday. And, you know, Sunday morning, people want to come in. They want to have coffee. They want to chat. I'm listening to Freak on a Leash by Corn in there. Turned up to nine. It's kind of like wearing that purple shirt, you know? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I said a happy Thanksgiving to a coworker who remains to be unnamed here on the bomb. And uh, he responded with, what? What? I was like, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, to which he says, what? What? No, no, not the what, like what? Not dumb what. No? This what. What? What? Why would you ask me about that? You know? And then I realized, well, loop-de-loo, you know, it's the holiday <laughs> ho, ho, season. Ho. Some people, men just aren't built for uh, com- communication with one another. That's why I fucking love this Bobcast, dude. I yeah. got a nice letter of encouragement from Mr. Dave Fletcher. I want to give you a shout-out here on the Bobcast. Look, I do this week after week, and getting letters like that just make me feel good about myself, you know? That this is helping people. This is a country connection for some, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, what's up, Dave Fletcher? How you been? As I look outside here in the lounge to the streets of Country. Yeah, the hollowed streets. Talking about that Country Crane, right? You know, Country Crane like uh, is a competing profile on Facebook. Some people want to be the crane. Now they've added that uh, that large plastic sheet on the bottom yeah. few floors, uh-huh. I guess, so the workers can work in there and not be so cold with the draft coming through. But, is that uh, why? Is that the... I guess. That's what I was thinking as I stare at it every day when I cross the bridge, right? It's got to be that. Protection from the elements, yeah. Protectionfromtheelements.com. If that's not a website, we claim it now. Put the PD stamp in the sound. Do people still go to websites? I go to websites. We'll talk a little bit about that. You actually, unknowingly, have taken a really long leave of absence from social media. You haven't been on Instagram for so long that now, in fact... It's even difficult to search for Pocket Dial. Yeah, I've heard that from you. I, I just tried to go to protectionfromtheelements.com and now, I, I typed protection from the websites. It's awesome. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you right now, if you've never podcasted before and you have a cellular device in your hand, it don't work, dude. Your brain don't work. <laughs> I was <laughs> like text, trying to look at something and like I was like repeating back what the other podcast guest was saying to me. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to get lost in a sea of bull product here on Cyber Monday. <clears throat> Cyber Monday, dude. All the goddamn names we got, man. Drives me nuts. You know what I always liken myself to on the Bobcast? Uh, Howard Stern's Fred Norris. I like to think I bring the color with my sound effects and such. Yeah, I, that's why I have to track you down. I, it's I, fun. I pulled outside your house today. I was like, yo, what are you up to? Not yeah. much. I'm just on my day off, Bob. I got a meeting later tonight. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah? You want to hang out? He's like, sure. I'm like, I'll be in in two seconds. Yeah, the old pop-in podcast, Bobcast, is uh, quite the experience. There's nothing quite like it, you know? There's something to be said about them. (laughs) Uh Back in the day, Chris Wood used to start every sentence with, there's something to be said about 
Midnight Vultures. I swear, sometimes every memory is just existing right now with us. Yes, I do understand that completely. It's all happening. It's weird how some memories have more important moments in memory, if that makes sense to you. In other words, like you'll think of something at the right time as it's reflecting what's going on in your life to juxtapose against the two. So like recently I rewatched Fight Club, right? I think Mm. it's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. Yep. Dude, Fight Club when you're 19 years old makes no goddamn sense at all, dude. But as a 39-year-old, yeah, it does. Mm. Does all of it land correctly still? Yes. But it's weird when you think of that. Like the memory I had is 19 thinking like, oh, I get this. I was like quoting it to girls in AOL chats being like, yeah, this is the future. I didn't know nothing, dude. The future. No matter how old you are right now, you don't know nothing, at least until I think you get to be of the tender age of 80. 80. At 80 years old, you realize my life now is a culmination of a bunch of paragraphs. And you're coming into the, like, you know, concluding statement, the denouement. And at that point, you can successfully say there's nothing in, for- in forward in time that I need to know about yet. Maybe I'm wrong. If somebody's over the age of 80 and they want to answer that. Well, like, we're halfway there. You know what I mean? Um... Which is also scary to think, too, because most of the people who are listening to this never see themselves... As getting old. Do you know what I'm saying? No. The generation that grows up with the millennial phone and the millennial social media doesn't foresee them. Okay, so imagine this. Imagine you're 29 years old right now. You have your life on social media, on stories, on posts, on Mm -hmm. all this, right? Is there just going to be a moment in time where you stop doing that? No, you're probably going to do that for the rest of your life, right? So imagine a future where you see 80-year-old women walking around. Maybe they're 80 years old. They're even speaking through filters that make them look like they're back to being young in the future. But there will still be this need for, um, I guess, self-gratification, which is pissing me off, dude. And it's always pissed me off in all these episodes. Well, you know, you you mentioned I took an unwitting break from the social media. I I got a new phone in June, and I just never put them on there. I never got the Facebook or the Instagram, and I still check it on my old phone every once in a while. But uh, without it, there's there's definitely a difference, and it's hard to describe. And when I go back and look, it's just a distant foreign land, the social media landscape. If you're not up on it, if you're not checking it every day, you don't notice the changes and you don't notice how those changes affect you. I know Instagram is trying to take away the likes Mm -hmm. to like modify people's self-esteem or, you know, self-worth or whatever. But the social media, it's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's bugging. I never really had one other than to promote music or, um, stay close with family through Facebook. But, uh, yeah, if you're not promoting something, what are you doing on there? I know it's really it's really weird. It's weird to think too, like the the options of like uh, rejection are so there's so many of them. Like unfollow, mute. You know what I mean? Like these weird things. Like I would love to know how many people are muting me. Yeah, I you don't lo- know. I would who's love doing to what? podcast for those people. Like to call them on the show and be like, let's air our grievances out for everybody here. So if you know somebody who's like, fuck Bob Cahill, he's on mute. Tell that person I want them on the show. Come on down. Come Air on your down. grievances. How was your Thanksgiving? What? 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 So, I mean, sometimes that happens. And sometimes the weather guy gets it all wrong, like today. They were like, look, it's going to be a blanket of terror out there. You will not get home. Yeah, right. 
drizzle. And right now there's zero precipitation, you know? Yeah, straight John Belaris on him. Did you ever meet John? Uh, Not only met um, what's the guy's name, um, the guy with the mustache. It looks the same for the last twenty years on Action News. Gary Papa? Not Gary Papa. I think Gary Papa passed away. No. That sounds like a song title too, man. Gary Papa passed away. John Jim Gardner. Jim Gardner. Jim Gardner. He gets lost. (laughs) So uh, Jim Gardner. uh, Funny story about him. I used to work at uh, Green Valley Country Club. And he was a member there. And one morning I was all hungover and shit. It's Saturday morning. He's arriving for his 18 and a couple sips of a shanty. He gets out of his car. And I'm like, hey, aren't you? He's like, yes. <laughs> That's right. I got some news uh, associations in one of my first uh, solo albums back in the day. Uh, Chisel Checks. I remember Chisel Checks. I, uh... Had a line, it was like, nothing on the Doppler, the downpour, stopper, nothing but good news, go ask Gary Papa. And uh, then later in life, I actually uh, performed, and uh, John Belaris was there, and he gave me like some pounds afterwards, and then he tweeted about it. It was fun. Oh, that's what's up. Really? Yeah, I, You know, I do faintly remember that. I remember you mm-hmm. telling me. Yeah, the starving artist uh, history is... I tried to, uh, I you know, Matt O'Donnell. I guess you're never awake at six. Or you ever see the? No. Uh, he's a drummer for uh, WPVI ABC. Mm, go on. So uh, if you know Matt O'Donnell out there, he did respond to my tweet. I asked, I queried him to come on the show. He's a drummer. I think he's funny as shit in the mm-hmm. morning. Who can have that much humor at six a.m. besides a select few? Because mm-hmm. I'm hysterical if I can be. If I'm on an upbeat manic <laughs> mode of uh, you know hysteria, the mania. I love driving to work in the mania where everybody is misery. And I'm just like listening to music, living my life to the fullest. Listening Dude, I love, I love music. No, not so much. I've, I've been listening to Beck's, um, I kind of, you know, it's funny you say that. Like Jack White, I outgrew. Something mm. about, he, he hasn't come to Philly in so long. I got tired mm. of going to other places to see him. But, you know, I mean, like somebody who's had, like you, when you start off your musical career a success at age 24, per se, and then you have the rest of your life to be an artist, you should be grateful, man. You didn't yeah. have to go through some shit like other artists do. So don't complain in the news. And when you hear shit like that over and over again, and then as you get older, you're just like, I don't have time for this clown, dude. You know what I mean? Like, show me something good that's like, you know, um, creative and not asking anything in return and not telling me who's cool and who's not. See, that's where I have a big problem with Kanye. Oh. Because Kanye thinks that Jesus is super, super cool. And now I got to think he's super, super cool too, man. And I'm just like, look, Kanye, I don't want to... Talk about what's super, super cool. I just want to listen to your music that I used to think was super cool. You know, like, I just. I, I, look, here's my official review of Jesus is King. Uh, all his albums that preceded it were dopamine, but Jesus is King is pure serotonin. God, man, this is the one thing that you vary on with me. This... I'm waiting for that record to arrive in the mail. I cannot wait. Oh, you bought the LP? Wait. Yeah, yeah. Because now he's a vinyl man. What's old shall now become new. You know, it's funny. My my grandmom used to have this like record player in this corner here. Mm-hmm. In this corner there, you would open it up like a coffin. Inside was a record player, and then there was like a I forget what you used to call it, like a eight track. Eight track, yeah. Boom. You ever hear eight track? Yeah, dude. That's how I used to. That's how I first got into the Beatles. Maybe it has something to do with being Polish from Kanchahakin, because my grandma's Polish. She's from Kanchahakin. Hey, where you from? Uh, Piff- the country Piff- 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 I thought it was Piffita, but it's I'm from Piffita, PA. 
You know how like uh, more than the curve and like country stuff, they all got shirts. Maybe we should have a shirt that just says Pitifa. Pitifa. Okay, so right now I just saw six flakes of snow out the window. Uh oh. Go you get know? the go get the salt. Go get the gallons of water. Get the milk. Get the bread. The eggs. Dip the bread in the milk. Get the shovel. Sip it. Mm. Sip the bread milk. What if there was a band called Bread Milk? I think Sip there is a the band bread called Bread Milk. <laughs> <laughs> what is Bread Milk? Everybody freaks out, man. So it's like, why not just kill two birds with one stone, man? Just dip the bread in there, let it soak up, and oh, then just drink some, terrible. some bread milk. What if that was Sip on the menu the at your restaurant? Milk. Like, listen, here, for twenty nine fifty, you can get a sweet glass of bread milk. We got some bread milk. <laughs> Jesus. It's like slurry. We got some honey wheat bread milk. Ooh, now you're talking. Uh, we got a little, you know, rye bread. We got a little lactose juice. It's what like if you, cereal. You know what I mean? What if you mix, like, orange juice with milk? What, what happens there? Because uh, that's the two main yeah. products of breakfast. My wife said to me the other day, she's like, we, we don't drink orange juice no more, and I kind of want some. I was like, well, I haven't thought about orange juice in so long, mm. but orange juice is the worst, and we were force-fed as kids to think it's great. I love orange juice. What you got? It's got like 39 grams of sugar first thing in the morning. So you're getting that blast in the morning of being like, mm, let me get it in with that sugar. And then you feel like shit later. Wait, you do, do you drink coffee? I do drink coffee still. And I have I have a bit of a coffee problem. I've now limited myself to two cups per day. But for a while there, I was maybe at sometimes three, four, and now just two, one in the morning, and then one travel. I don't have it on me to work. What about you? Do you even have a way to make coffee here? No, I, uh... Well, you just get lost in the sea of boat product? I drink it at work, you know what I mean? Oh, so you're all tired until you get to work. Well, I get the little Wawa on the way. Oh, you get the little Wawa? Not the big Wawa? I get the big little Wawa. I get the Wawa. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not a fan of uh, juice in general. I think it fucks your teeth up. Fucked my teeth up when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Now I'm paying for it in dental bills. Yeah, I gotta go to the dentist. Let's talk about that. Oh, my God. I saw my dentist at the grocery store. Okay, so everybody yesterday. Was he in the candy aisle, no, like, no. snickering? No, 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 no. Actually. Hey, Bob. No, funny he, thing. He was, he was actually going down the, the aisle in the blue bill section of the giant that is reserved for the bulk candy. Oh, yeah? Was so, it? So the, the best part, though, is, like, okay, so my dentist. The best. I can say the dentist's name. I love this guy, okay? So he is a Conshohocken Family Practices, the lead dentist. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but he looks fucking just like Gene Wilder, dude. Huh. To me, he is a young Frankenstein. <laughs> he, so he's there with his kids and like these kids are in the you know the cart where it looks like a car or whatever mm-hmm. and like he just rolls right into this like seltzer display and like all the bottles get out of here and like yeah he and, like I saw it but he didn't see he recognized me because I was wearing this hat and like he was just like uh, he probably sees so many patients anyway and they're all upside down but he's funny as hell and I have anxiety about the dentist so like when I go to him, he's making these stupid ass jokes that, like, you know, take the levity out of the situation. Do you do that? Is that your main job at the restaurant? Do you take levity out, in and out of situations? Are you like, is there anything else? Oh my god, I can do for you. Yeah, I got the. What's I the talk most? So what's, much trash. what's the most level ultra you get at the restaurant? You know, I'll tell people I'll carry them down the stairs, or like, you have know, you ever just... actually carried them down the stairs? No, it's liability or something okay but i get loose with it man i mean i can't really draw right now it's so in the moments this is the spontaneity but i use big words and i talk a lot of trash and you know if people come at you with like uh 
an edge, I, you give the edge back to them, and they like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's great, right? When somebody comes comes at you with some shit, and then all of a sudden you retaliate because most oh, yeah. people just take it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Most people just want to be heard in the first place. But if they're being wise, you know, you be wise back, and they respect it for some reason. Yeah, I told, you what, I, I told you what happened in my uh, Verizon story, right? <clears throat> no, I don't. They wound up sending me a check, everybody, for $500 for those who were following the story. Oh. Dude comes over to my house, destroys the stairs. Granted, the bottom stair was a little fucked up, but he was Russian, you know what I mean? And he copped an attitude with me. And instead of taking it, dude, I, I fought back, dude. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, sir. I pay a bill monthly for the service. Pointing, saying the word sir, too, as you get crazy, somehow allows you to... Al- to stay steady and not go too far. But yeah, the language. Th- yeah, but uh, the foreman called me up and I said to him, like, look, man, that your dude was out of line. He was Russian. He was also blaming all Mexicans the summer before. And I talked here on the show how it kind of, kind of, he kind of like, when I first, he was like, yeah, these guys over here, man, they don't know what they're doing. He was trying to pass the racism down the, the block to me. You know what I mean? Is there, like, you know how people try to like put it in there? Like if they're racist, like they'll like make this like snide remark like use the n-word in like this very avant-garde way or some shit you know what i mean like and you're like oh you this motherfucker doesn't think i'm going to comment on it well it's strange when he was blaming somebody else for it of a different creed and then he actually i recorded a whole podcast on that here one day when you weren't home and i never aired it because it's hard to talk about race and not get pigeonholed into a corner of being a racist i'm not a fucking racist (laughs) but i can tell you though that racism can spread very easily Negativity in general spreads. He a blamed lot it on the Mexicans, and I went there and asked him what's going on. And I looked up, and there's no fucking way that these wires were close to these bushes. It's like 15 feet in the air difference. Uh-huh. And he's trying to say that they were like using the weed whacker on the wires and shit. I'm like, dude, there's no way. But like, I went back, and when I told him the second time, I don't even want to get into it, dude. Yeah, who is this thing. guy, dude? Who is this? I can't say his name. I know who he is. I was able to look him up so easily on Facebook. That's the terrifying thing. I put his first name in, and then I put Verizon in after it. He popped right up. Dude, there is no security. I went into my security settings recently and changed that shit around, dude. Because yeah, it's, it's a labyrinth. If somebody knows your name's Mickey yeah. and you work at X restaurant, they can find you. Yeah, if if they know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it is, everybody. Deal with it. I know. Are you going to be okay with it for the rest of your life? Well, Do you like think... I said, I don't have it on my phone. You know I know. I, mean? you, I have to follow your practice. It just sucks that I have to like use it to get the Bobcast out. I feel like kind of too, like my Instagram too now needs to change into just being the Bobcast and not about my family because people don't understand what the bulk message is. Dude, the greatest, the greatest thing I can say about <clears throat> getting older in the social media is that I'm starting to get to a point and like the infant stages of it where you know back in my day instagram was like back in my day twitter was like back in my day facebook was like and like all these social medias used to work you used to be able to connect with people it didn't work you it didn't control you it didn't show you what it wanted you to see or whatever and like you could connect i used to like Connect with uh, the actor who played Parker Lewis on Twitter, Corin Nemec. Oh, yeah. He did the photograph for Mickey Avalon's uh, debut album, and he was mixed up with that whole crew. You know, Frankie Avalon? Mickey Avalon. Mickey Avalon, yeah. And it's like in today's day and age. I didn't know that. He did the cover to uh, Living to Die? Um, Just the self-titled Mickey Avalon. Great album, by the way. Spending out the day, waiting to die. (laughs) But you just can't, like, 
you can't work the social medias anymore without paying for advertising yeah, or I'm like that either. you know what i mean because it just shows you whatever it thinks you want to see and it's you're not it's not personal it's impersonal and it's even less social than it ever was but back in my day boy let me tell you and yeah. you know i'm proud to say that instead of like back in my day jordan's only cost a hundred dollars when they came out like money whatever but the social media aspect to how it changed it's just it's it's crazy and where it's going it, it's definitely not gonna la- it can't last it's gonna be replaced with a whole new um you know format once the glasses come out yeah, I was thinking uh, the other night in uh, you know my late night glory. Do you think that the beginning of the 1900s, people were like, man, like you know how like we were so nostalgic for that we are nostalgic for the 90s. Mm-hmm. Do you think people of the early 1900s were nostalgic also too of the 1890s and the old wild wild west way? And then as industrialism took over, it's very similar in tone in a way. And I wish that there was more people around to talk to about this. Like, yeah. Like 1919, right? Imagine, you know, you're coming into the roaring 20s. Life now does not look like the wild, wild west at all. It's completely different. And you have to, you know, adapt. So they must have been feeling a lot of the same things that we were, but they didn't have these devices that were making us smarter. In our, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's more elevated. You. The 20 year cycle is what you're talking about. Fashion, more, pop more culture, or less though, like year trends. But, like think about this though. Like I'm very nostalgic about the '90s, mm-hmm. where people of the so early everybody yeah. is. But were they nostalgic of the 1890s in the, same, in the same way, or were they more optimistic and being like, "We need to go march forward into the future and you know build new bridges and build uh-huh. more weapons and blow more uh-huh. people up." Here's the here's the modern take on it. Right, think about it. When we were 18, 19 in the '90s, and all the stuff we loved that was popular then you know, was out and we were enjoying it. We grow up 10 years later and our generation grows up 10 years later. And some of our generation begin to create this new content, new art. And where do they draw their inspiration from? What they loved when they were 18, 19. So by the time any of these people become 40 year olds and they're in position of power to create current trends or like, you know, markets or whatever, they draw upon their inspirations from when they were 20. So that's what creates Mm-hmm. The 20 year kind of like retro nostalgia vibe modern time currently uh, as far back as the 1800s there there wasn't like a youth culture there wasn't like a popular youth culture no 1800s 1900s they were workers too you know what I mean think about there was it. no yeah. child labor laws there was no FDA there was none of that I'm sure some form of it existed but yeah what it is is well, the food drug administration came out after People are kids dude. actually I need an assistant on this I'm not sure I, th- I believe it came out in the 20s. Uh, Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, I believe that's the name of the book, about Sausage Factory mm-hmm. and how the sausage was like human fucking waste and like shit inside their bodies mixed in with food that people were eating. Maybe that's why they live so long, though. Yeah, it's a crazy world, man. We have access to all the insanity now more than ever. I would like if it was if my experience in the 90s was very mixed with the wild wild west i always wanted to go to the wild wild west ever since back to the future three man get the ak-47 and go to mexico brother dude just riding you know what i'm saying the gringo with the gun i could tell you one thing though i would be smoking cigarettes again because there would be no uh remorse for it a dollar 25 no... a pack dude you could just roll your own back then you just find tobacco anywhere on the side of the road uh what was that got any timber from uh gangs of new york got any timber oh yeah <laughs> that's such a great movie I feel like it was made at the wrong time. 
kind of make more sense right now to be made, right? Oh, it makes so much sense right now. You watch that. It's weird how some so films. Much sense. What was I, I watched last year? Some podcast. Oh yeah, I was watching Beck and Judd Apatow did like a little half hour podcast on YouTube, and they were talking about how some. No, Judd Apatow was at dinner with Warren Betty, and he's like, "Hey, listen, don't be upset that the Cable Guy was a you know a bomb." You have to give a film 10 years before you know whether or not if it's successful. It's just kind of weird to think that, too, because some films are sleepers at the box office, like, you know, um, Donnie Darko, The Big Lebowski. These cult phenomenons take time. Mm -hmm. So it's weird how, like, we consume, like, we can consume something very quickly and then never, like, who the hell wants to watch Avatar again? Like, I mean, visually, yeah, it's great. The story's boring as shit, I think, now, after a while. It's the same story told over and over again. The dances with Will Savior type shit coming, mm -hmm. you know, and um, like an intellectual film can take time. And I started thinking of all the films like that that took time. And maybe it's the same with music too. But how did we get on this? Oh yeah, like ten years ago, it was uh, Gangs of New York. Dude, I got to see The Irishman. <laughs> We're all over the place here on the pop culture Bobcast. I, I saw something that uh, on the Instagram that you could watch The Irishman as like four episodes. Would you recommend that, or would you just sit? Did you sit here and watch it for three and a half hours? I uh, I put it on. Wednesday night, and I got two and fifteen minutes in, and it was three a.m. and I was I, I I begrudgingly had to go to sleep for work the next day. Let me ask you a question: Were you falling asleep while watching? No, it? no. Do you ever fall asleep while watching like a program that you need to pay attention to? Um. Well, yeah. I it happens to me all the time now, dude. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, or I'm a dad, or I'm not mm -hmm. sleeping correctly. But dude, I fall asleep. I can't watch shit no more. And it's, it's it used to be my favorite thing to do. Watch like you know, something to talk about like you know pop culture dial. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like I'll doze. Maybe it's because some of it's boring. I don't know. Uh yeah, but I don't know the you know it it, it is what it is. Uh, but the Irishman, Irishman man, there's just something about it personally. Uh, maybe it's the Philly connection. I like the whole de aging effects. So I love Scorsese, but it doesn't feel like three and a half hours to me. I have it on repeat. And it's just... Uh, I can't wait to dive in. The conversation... It's just... I don't know. There's just... I, it's hard for me to explain why I, it's so appealing to me. But it is. And I uh, really enjoy watching it. Well, we'll have to come back with a review here on the... True! Bob Bobcast. It's a... You know, I, I it's, a, it's a good movie. You know, I, I heard you paint houses. Yeah. Did I give you that book? No. I gave somebody that book. I can't remember who. I love just the dialogue in it, man. They talk like... Without talking, uh, and it just makes that's I love doing that. You know what I'm saying? I, I gotta watch it. Maybe you I'll start I mean? tonight. I've been watching this show called Servant. It's on Apple. Oh, M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. I don't know if he wrote this or produced. I think he probably produced it, but he's in the mix. I don't know if he directed it, but it's really good though. I don't know how they can. I hope that they can keep this idea rolling for you know a whole season. I heard it got renewed for two, but I tried watching uh, the morning show. That was pretty good too. What's that? It's about uh, Steve Carell plays like a news anchor that gets accused of, you know, hashtag me too movements. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boy. Hashtag. 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 Oh, boy. Is that a thing? Who goes on Twitter, dude? Who's what's Twitter? Uh, Twitter, man. It's just like. I love the news stories that says the, the internet's blowing up over XYZ and it's like five random Twitter comments. Here's something funny. So recently, uh, like if you have an Android, 
this you'll understand if you swipe left on Google, you get like all of your news like type articles yeah. that you know yeah, yeah. are important. I mean, same with the Apple. And um, there's one that stood out to me for a while, and let me uh, bring up my messages here. They were called Metalhead Zone. And, like, these guys would post stuff, like, on their, you know, articles, like, imposing that Courtney Love was talking about, like, Kurt in a specific way. Like, hearsay-type stuff that is misjournalism when you, you know, you misquote the actual story in the header. Mm -hmm. So I called him out on it. And uh, I called him out on it at 1.32 p.m. on Saturday. I don't know why. But I wrote, your clickbait editorials are the thing of misery. You will never grow and you will surely never share any spotlight as long as you are producing journalism such as this. To which he says, I have to say that we're facing a lot of criticisms about the headlines, but I'm doing it because of what I want our articles more because I want our articles to be more attractive for readers. Some readers are not happy about it, but unfortunately we have to do that for competition with other sources. They're doing it the same way we're doing it. Oh boy. So is that like what we got to do now is like we got to be jerks, you know? Bob, there's a lot of uh confusion in your heart. I think it's a time of transition. It's the end of the decade. A lot of questions in your mind. Yeah, you done reading that book yet? Do you know about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Oh god, Kanye, dude. Yes, I do. All right, tell me about him because I'm not really sure I remember him too correctly. Well, there's no gospel of Mickey just yet. You know what I mean? Who says there's not? See, that's where you. That's where the religion thing loses me. Everybody has the power of God. In that's one thing I got from Quakerism that Christianity never accepts is that we have the power to be good. We, not we have to ask somebody for forgiveness. We already are born into the light, and we could do good upon others if we choose to. Some people go dark, but please tell me. Mr. Mickey West, what I should do I told you, to I'm accept the Lord here. Jesus into my heart this holiday season. Through Jesus. Oh, excuse me, through him. So I'm actually yeah. going to be traveling in his body? <laughs> like inner space? Well, you can read that book right over there to get a mystical view of Christianity. I think you'd really dig it. But at the same time, man, all these questions, all these concerns, all these anxieties are answered. All them questions are answered, man. Through Jesus. Yeah. When did you become a Christian? Look at the, after you bought the album from Kanye. No, West? look at Michelangelo. Whoa, whoa, every, whoa, whoa. Are you sure it wasn't when Kanye started doing this? Listen to Michelangelo. Everything else, the most creative mixtape ever. Okay, two thousand four. Yeah, right. There's a cross on the cover. Christian non-denominational in the lyrics. All right, all right. I see its purpose, and I see its claim. I just want to say the. But I still think that it's because Kanye is. <laughs> well, I came out with the glyph before. It is true. You know what I mean. But um, it's always I I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't have ever? like a, no. I no. never went to church. I'm not even baptized. Do you want to be baptized? Because I'm an ordained minister. We could do it no, right here. Yes, yes, I am, dude. Look it up no, online. The Bobcast. Here on the Baptism Cast. I mean, what? I, technically, I'm a lost soul. But for whatever reason, I mean, there's no reason to deny why Christianity is a inserted itself into my life so heavily throughout uh obviously strayed from it la hello we were debunked with satan (laughs) yeah uh... we did hang out with satan didn't we (laughs) we hung out with the guitar player from the band wasp dude i mean you know what i'm saying but look all these anxieties all these questions man they're that it's answered it's the longest pause ever here on the bobcast (laughs) hey look man it's hard for me 
not only be, I know what you're talking about without a doubt, but it's hard for me because the way that religion was introduced to me in the, mm-hmm. the beginning of time with these surrounding churches here, including the one right down the street, mm-hmm. it's forced upon you when, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to wake up and you're not looking forward to going to church or you get older and you tell your parents you're going to church and instead you just go for a drive for 45 minutes, then come home because after a while you become so no, like anytime somebody's telling you something, like, yeah, I, I just, I find that, I mean, Quakerism, it was the only thing that I, I, I found peace in the moment, but you have to be within the right mindset to truly appreciate it. To be honest, the sensory deprivation tank may be the best religious experience I've ever had. Because I am spiritual, and I do believe there is stuff, but I can't pigeonhole myself into saying yours is the only one that's correct. Because if I do that, the tank, my heaven in the tank doesn't exist, and that's the infinite possibility of our mind. And the, like really like our soul. The only way, you know, for you to um, figure out which one is correct or whatever for yourself is to do mm-hmm. what it takes to experience the results without doing anything, without seeing any results. It is what it is, you know, it's whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. But um, <clears throat> I did, uh, what was it? Buddhist meditation for a couple years mm-hmm. and that really centered me and gave me like quite an astounding peace and understanding of like, you know, life, man, it was amazing. Uh, but anytime I start reading my Bible and looking through that, like I notice changes in my life that are impossible to deny. Do you think that it's the power of, uh, divine intervention or more or less like, um, free will and projection? Like, you know how you can project positive things upon yourself if you think about them long enough? Yeah, that, I mean, that's explained in the Christian mysticism by that guy Neville Goddard extensively. And look, my explanation of it is by no means for anyone else yet at this yeah. point. But personally, like what I'm experiencing, what I'm going through is just enough from, you know, my own sense of personal self-satisfaction and glory. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, I'm happy for you. I mean... um, I, I, I still look all the time for it. I mm-hmm. think that's why I, I went to the sensory deprivation tank in the first place because I needed to to get back to that moment of um, leaving. Like, like when you get in there, like you really can just leave your, your thoughts and your mind to everything behind. And like the second time I did it, I really wanted to focus on how low I can get my heart, resting heartbeat to be. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was scary though, man. Scary low. Like it was like so low that I could hear things that I couldn't ever see things. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird. The effect on me, it, it could be that I'm a water sign, you know, or excuse me, I'm an air sign, but I'm an Aquarius, whatever, whatever. whatever's whatever. Okay. The astrology, the Dip me in the Pacific. I still feel the same way hmm. or in the black sea. But, uh, you know, I, I had a hard time with it. Cause I also too, as an altar boy, I had to go through that. And, um, I don't know. Like, my parents were so religious, but, like, they weren't into religion. They were just into it for the motion of doing it to get it done because they didn't want to... Like, in other words, like, going to ex- to a church should be about worship, not about going because it's something you got to do. There's a there's an explanation, man. There's a way to really say it. And, you know, everybody who, you know, wants to says they're spiritual. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm spiritual. I believe in mm-hmm. something. I believe in that. But there's explanations that break down why that isn't serving anything. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that serve? Like, what is that for? Oh, I'm spiritual. I believe in something out there. 
but I don't know what, like, who does that, what does that serve? Like, how does that help you? Yeah, Not understanding yeah. what you're spiritual about. Well, I mean, like, it's hard to pinpoint it, though. For some, I mean, it's, it, it, I, I find, um, what's the proper word for it? I admire people who are so religious to the point where they're like, I know my Lord Jesus Savior will take me to the next life. And... But that's spirituality. Religion is the church, man. Religion is going and doing this and being yeah, a yeah, member yeah, yeah. and following this and following. That's religion. And for whatever reason, that's been confused with spirituality and Christianity. Mm. But like, yo, it didn't start out like that. It Most things like, didn't start out that way. The original you know I mean? message of stuff too. It's It's crazy, dude. It was crazy to me when I found out there was two different – like when we were in school and the first time I ever found out um, that there wasn't – like not everybody celebrated Christmas mm -hmm. was on the school bus and it was Mike Runeberg. Huh. Runeberg was like, what are you talking about, dude? I celebrate Hanukkah. And I'm like, what's Hanukkah? What the hell? Dude, I felt like such a pitifa because I didn't know. And that – I mean I might have been – what grade is this? This is at the 4-5 building. So I might have been 10 before I realized there was – a different holiday. I lived that much of an 80s secluded, perfect Reagan family atmosphere. Ah. You know what I mean? Like being like, nope, everybody, like everybody drinks Coca-Cola and everybody believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> I think uh, my first understanding of that was how Vince First's parents yeah. uh, celebrated both holidays. Oh, yes, yes. It's funny. He just celebrated his 40th birthday and I saw it on Facebook. I think about him a lot. He sent me, I sent him a letter once and he wrote back to me and, um, I don't know what I did with the letter, but he did sign it. The nickname I gave him to him, which was Goon. Goon, yeah. We we've we've I, we must have talked about Vince first on the. Yeah, he, he's before. just a troubled young man, dude, and he went off the deep end. You know, mm -hmm. I hope that he found like if you're gonna find spirituality or God, definitely in jail for some, some for some others not. But but yeah, also along those lines, man, think about think about the change of the in the world that you know Christianity ushered in. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt. But I mean, that's two thousand years ago, though. Exactly. I also, see, the thing is, like, okay, exactly, but man. Th okay, so we were talking about earlier in the beginning of the show. How does it still endure? How, okay, how does it still endure? It's not that old. That's the thing that's hard for people to get. It's not that old. Two thousand years. Two thousand years isn't shit, dude. And the, think about the Egyptians. Think about like the Roman empires. Like the, it was just a glimmer of like what you know, like the beginning of time too, like. Jesus came back at one point, and there was enough people for them to talk about it and remember it. But at one time, there might have been not a lot of people, and he did come back. My whole thing is with religion, and I really do believe this, the source of, you know, these beings. And they always got to be fucking guys, too, which, you know, I, I never liked that. Like, why is all a bunch of dudes? Like, why can't it be? <laughs> like, you know. There is an explanation for that, but go on. In this book? No. I'm just saying it in general. It's like... Why do we have to think, like, why is it just one person's right? What if there was f facets of all that make up for, the, like, we all want somebody to save us. We all want somebody to fucking get us out of the burning building when it's about right. to collapse to the ground. Yeah. And that's what we want, is we want that. But what if there isn't that, man? And, like, the atheist point of view, I understand as I got older, it, it, the, the one thing that they do do right is... And I used to think that atheist people were just black holes of just like, you know, like these people are like doomed for death. But I remember when I found out Eddie Vedder was an atheist, I was just like, what? Like, he don't believe in God. And this dude's talking about the ocean and like, you know, drinking wine. Yeah, and right. Really weird shit. But I'm just saying like, 
I, you have to like be open-minded to the fact that 2,000 years isn't a long time in the scheme of how old the universe is mm-hmm. and how long creation has been around and how long all these other aspects have been fighting for, you know, it's the oldest story. It's the oldest story in the book, Marty. It's good versus evil. I do believe that as well. And I think that all of these versions are good versus evil scenarios, light versus dark. And it's weird, but I mean... Well, you know, it says that when God created the universe, you know, everything that is, was, mm-hmm. you know, everything that has been, will be like everything creation is, you know, it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been created. Everything that's going to happen has happened and everything that will happen has already happened. Like 2000 years. Yeah. Why, why that moment in time? I think there might be an explanation, but again, my expression of like my feelings isn't there yet to like debate or be on the pulpit or whatever but the feeling i have is undeniable personally again that's really all i can say you just give me a great idea for a movie okay here we go pitch pitch here we go fade in we're in a scientist type atmosphere in a lab looking at a bunch of screens some people come in with prominent importance they're wearing suits and ties they walk to the monitor and they say show me the scientist says this is just off the pacific west coast of australia and it seems the earth is growing a little. And they say, what is it? What's going on there? And they go there and it's like this new land, this new island. And they can't get any like people to go and see it. Very similar to that Sentinel Island thing I think you and I podcast about once. Whatever. This is the greatest pitch I've ever heard. And then we recruit this team, very similar to every action movie from the early 80s to mid 90s. <laughs> and we go there and maybe it's like... Uh, it's Jesus, and we got to fight him. <laughs> That's where the movie just went. Curveball. That's where I got to pulpy. But listen, there's no more utopian novels, right? There's no more utopian future, right? It's all dystopian. It's all after apocalypse. It's all negative. Why can't this island growing be like the promised land? Why can't it be? Oh, like, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. So like they go there and they're and like, the climax hey, they got is like heaven on earth. Not, Instead of like a bad yeah, fight. Yeah, dude. Like okay. everything's just such a... Should we reinvent Ponca Dow as a Christian rock band? Because if you're in, we can end this podcast and start right now upstairs. Pocket cross. <laughs> and then we'd have to like change all the lyrics like Kanye. When I was in uh, Colorado the first time, I used to listen to Air One, the Christian radio station. Yeah. And I went to church out there a lot. And my first concert was DC Talk. Yeah? Yeah. I know them. They were huge. I had a youth group that I went to with... Uh, Drew Reed and Kevin Quinn, and we went crazy. Yeah, I remember the guy stage dive, and I thought it was cool shit. But yeah, think about it. We're at such a point in time where um, we're at a pit of a moment. Like I, I dare say it, uh, and you're gonna say it's because of Kanye, but Christianity is punk, like punk rock Jesus, dude. <laughs> I'm no, telling don't, you, don't man. quote that book. That book is really good. No, I, that's I, a whole different take. I here's, love that here's book. my thing. It's right? not what I'm I get saying. it, but Christianity is punk, man. I guess. I mean, it could be the branding of a... It's so liberating. It's freedom. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, though, for you if you're finding religious freedom in the, a branded company such as Kanye. <laughs> Kanye, uh, look, though, here's mean, my That's problem. a coincidence, man. That's just a coincidence that all that is lining up. Like I felt that. that... Okay, so I had... But I don't... I had two moments of, like, renewed... No, actually... 
so yeah, I can attest to say that I had renewed faith in Jesus when The Passion of the Christ came out. I was affected by the movie, mm-hmm. and therefore, whatever I thought my religious views were, were affected as well. I have this jur- journal entry from around that time when the film came out, and I remember writing in it, this was the first Easter of my life. But then something happened between whenever Mel Gibson's film came out in 2019, where I stopped... like. I I I still had gone to church and I was doing the Quaker thing as well. I had gone to Storehouse Church a few times to celebrate Christmas, which is an interesting venue because it's like a rock and roll hall, and they sing songs for the for the duration with a very short sermon. And the guy that gave the sermon I saw at the Plymouth Meeting Mall once, and I stopped him and I started talking to him, you know, and uh, I told him very similar stories to what, you know. I just told you, and I, I was like, "Yeah, I'm always searching," and he's like, "That's your problem." You've already found it, right, <laughs> you know, right, like or something, right. like just something like yeah. your search is over. Yeah, and I'm like, oh god, dude. it's just, dude. But it's for unbiased. me, for here's my thing. For me, I like the search. I don't ever want to stop searching because if I do stop searching, then I don't think I'm going to be as like I like being curious about what this all means. And I think putting a definitive yes on one thing, like I would never be like, um, how do I like. Really, we're talking about a morality here. We're, we're trying to say, like, what, what, like, what, um, what car am I going to buy for the rest of my life? Am I going to get in the Christianity vehicle to take me to the afterlife, or am I going to get into the Judaism, or am I going to get into the Rastafarianism, am I going to get into the Sikhism, am I going to get into the Hinduism? You know what I mean? Like, you have to pick one vessel, and I don't want to be in like one restrictive place ever, dude. Even in my daily life, dude. Even in the shit I wear to work, dude, clothes. I want to be less restrictive so that way I could be more creative. The less restriction that you put on spirituality, I think that if you're very optimistic about new things, you can have a very fulfilling life. Christianity definitely can do that. For who, though? For, for people what? who are like... For who do you want to search? It's not that I'm searching one person. That's the thing. No, no, no. I was like, I'm not searching, searching for Jesus. For? I'm searching for like, to, like who are you searching to satisfy? What are you ultimately myself? And that's something I learned in the sensory deprivation tank. Is the voice that I thought I was hearing? It probably was myself talking back to myself from this really deafy place where it's like, it's whatever you want to call it, the upside down, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you hear this. I hear this voice, and the voice the first time told me that I need to treat myself right. And then I asked it, "What about my wife and son?" And the voice said back, "They have their own place in the universe too." I really do believe that your role in the universe is affected by everything that you do. And if you preach it that Christianity is good, then I applaud you if you believe that now. Um, but for me, I got to like keep keep my like, you know, my search going. It helps me with my own spirituality to know that and to talk about it, to be open about it. Like every time I go to church, I feel like I'm somebody who didn't pay for a movie ticket. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Wait, no, what? When I go to church, Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't pay to get in. Or like, you know, like you ever go to a movie and not pay and you're like, oh my God, they're going to come in with the flashlights and say, sinner. You know Uh, what I mean? Like, I feel like when I've gone to church, I am not all the way there. I feel like one part of me is still out the door and then one part's in there. Well, again, church is its own I know, but I'm saying, unfortunately for some, that's what it comes down to. Do you go to church? And I think that's a mistake. You can find church anywhere, dude. Go to Valley Green, go for a walk and find the nature, you know, God or whatever. But I just get so exasperated with that shit, man. And it's tough when you're a dad 
you know? And then, like, you got to explain this. A father? You know? Yeah, it sucks. Bob, when you're a father? I am a father, and it's terrible. It's, dude, like, I had this quote a couple podcasts back where I was just like, dude, how am I ever going to, like, engage in participation trophies? I grew up listening to the fucking Wu-Tang Clan, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we've we been denied our privilege of an ordinary adulthood, I believe. And it's all because of the way that the world looks now. In 1919, I don't think there's people running around, um, you know, Broadway and New York City shooting people. Or, you know what I mean? Like, the shit just got escalated quick. I mean, there was pestilential swamp. And if there is it. a need for spirituality, I would argue it is now more than ever. Yeah, exactly. Because, so, like, I've said numerous times, Jesus, aliens, give me something. Huh. Anything. It could be any type of miraculous event. You know? Imagine, like, a you know, something that's so far gone that Donald Trump doesn't matter in the news, the impeachment doesn't matter in the news, nothing. Like, would we would we come together or would it fucking make more tension? If, if, if you experience it within, it will reflect out. And you will see all these changes. I already, I already made some changes recently and I think the tank has helped me. I'm trying to be more present in the moment. I don't use my phone as much on the weekends and stuff mm-hmm. or with one of my son. Do a lot of jamming with them on the drums. I go out with them. We go places. And like I realize it's such a small amount of time that I have with him before he's a man and has his own life. It's crazy. You know? Yeah, man. As a dad, it's an insane feeling to, to know that. That there's like this like well of love that you can keep drinking out of. But then eventually, you know, they grow up and, you know, they still love you the same way. But it's just very... It's weird how it happens so quickly. And I know everybody probably says, oh, they grow up so fast. But I mean... Four years, long time. Dude, he's telling me, like, Dad, you need a jacket. It's too cold. You can't go outside. It's like, oh, man. (laughs) Where did this come from? He's following the rules. So, yeah, I do find that there is uh, a simplicity. It's it's easier to be involved in life and spirituality when you're not worrying so much about yourself. When you put yourself last, you're more open towards spiritual things i think well yeah i mean that's you know that's also goes with what you're saying about or what i'm asking about who's this search for I, well i mean like the search really comes down to i mean a lot of things really i would love to know what's next without a doubt dude i think if we knew what was next and it was a proven fact that could be even an interesting idea for a film as there well. is that that is there they've made that the invention i think it's called Oh, and they know that you're gonna die. The guy is in it from. Uh, is it? Does the how people I met know your it? mother? Yeah, it's like it's like a whole thing. They, oh, they cured the afterlife or something. But yeah, we'll keep it's searching. Good. It's pretty good. Holiday season's upon us. You know? Ho ho ho! Um, it's funny how we went from you know one level to this level. And now I feel spiritual as we leave you here tonight on the Bobcast. True. Through him, with him. No, excuse me. Through him, with him, in him. Yeah. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another, another, another ASMR. I just want you to know that we appreciate you so much. You're Tune in weekly. We want you to tell your friends to tune in and 
as well.